Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting uh, entry of the uh, Gaming Leisure podcast. I have with me Noah Akers, who's going to talk to you a little bit about EFT and uh, Akers uh, products that are supporting it and uh, some of the successes they've had. So, uh, Noah, why don't you give everyone a a little bit about yourself and uh, uh, we'll go from there. Uh, great. Well, uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be a part of this. Uh, obviously, anytime I get to talk about uh, our company and cashless is, is you know, I really enjoy it. So uh, as for me personally, I've been involved in gaming for, uh, you know, over 20 years now, personally, and, you know, my professional life. I've worked as an operator. I've worked as a supplier. Um, now we're doing um, systems. And, you know, I think that, you know, if I look back at my career, uh, when I first started, uh, we were transitioning as an industry from coins to, to Tito. And uh, I think that there's a lot of uh, interesting parallels from, you know, what kind of people were saying, the pros and cons of, of moving to Tito and, you know, why people may or may not want to adopt it uh, at the time. Uh, and clearly it was very successful. Everybody adapted to Tito and it's, you know, we couldn't imagine a world today any different when, you know, you had coin buckets and things like that. It was an ugly time. I remember it well. <laughs> it was an ugly time, yeah. But I mean, I think that people at the time said that players loved coins and they loved handling the coins and they loved the, the sound of the coins and things like that. And um, I think that today, nobody wants coins. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were, everybody was wrong. Um, uh, so, you know, here we are moving from Tito to cashless. And I think that, uh, you know, some of the uh, same arguments are being made to to maintain cashless or to maintain Tito or, or against cashless. And I think that we're going to overtake all those objections as well. Well, excellent. Uh, the, a uh, little bit about your history with acres, obviously your uh, last name is acres, but have you spent your entire career at, at acres and working on this type of product or, uh, or is this the evolution of several years of product testing and, mm-hmm. No, this is definitely an evolution of several years. So I no, I haven't been with this company forever. So uh, just a, a brief bit of backstory. So obviously, uh, my last name is Acres. Uh, my dad is John Acres. He's been around the industry for a long time. Uh, I think he's credited with being kind of the first uh, pioneer in terms of casino management systems and progressive jackpots, free play, bonusing, things like that. Um, and Growing up, I was always really enamored with uh, casino gaming. I, like, I love gaming. I, I like to gamble myself. I hang out in casinos. Uh, living in Vegas, you know, I go to the movies at a casino. <laughs> you know, I go bowling at a casino. And, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. But I always really, uh, growing up, I always planned uh, on working in the industry, either as an operator or as a supplier. Uh, there was a time kind of when I got out of college and I was looking to start my professional career, uh, my dad was retired from gaming. He had sold his company, which was at the time Acres Gaming. He sold it to IGT. Uh, and that's where we get the IGT Advantage system right now. So IGT, if you have an IGT system, that's actually the original uh, Acres system. Um, <clears throat> but I was always, you know, en- enamored. I, I started working as, uh, uh, um, I went over to Macau for a few years and I was kind of working on some projects over there. Came back to uh, Vegas, you know, here in the US and I, um, I was uh, VP of marketing and uh, operations at a casino here on the strip called the Riviera, which isn't there anymore. Uh, I left that and I uh, started working uh, with my dad at, at acres. And, um, the way that foundation came about is we had a product or we still have a product called Kai, 
which is a, a dispatch tool that casinos can uh, essentially uh, provide their uh, frontline employees with a, a mobile device like an iPod. Uh, and Kai interfaces to the system event stream and it basically tells an employee, uh, you know, what the service is, who you're providing it for and, and where to go. So it just kind of manages the employees. And what we found, uh, a couple things happened. So we got to like 30, 40 properties operating on Kai. And, uh, you know, the system providers that we were interfacing with, they, you know, now they, they started to block us, right? They started to tell uh, casino customers that, oh, you know, this read-only interface isn't really safe and, you know, something bad could happen. And, you know, we're going to make a product similar to Kai, you know, in the very new future. So just, you know, you'll, you'll want to not do Kai and, and get it from us. And um, we quickly determined that unless we possess the data or unless we control the data, that we're, we're um, you know, under the control of others. And so we worked uh, to make foundation. Uh, foundation provides uh, like a thousand times more data than the existing systems because we collect all of the SAS meters and report them in real time instead of just, you know, some of the SAS meters at distant intervals like the existing systems do. Uh, and we can change the credit meter balance uh, on command. Uh, we also provide a, a robust uh, standard APIs for any other system to kind of tap into to our data stream. And that provides a whole new kind of open ecosystem for casinos uh, to get new applications. So instead of shutting out the Kai's and you know, uh, other applications similar to Kai, we welcome them, even if they compete with ideas that we have we're here to provide the casinos like really what, what they consider the best of breed products at the best price point, you know, however the casino wants it, we feel like they should be able to get it. We're not in a position to tell them that you only have to buy from us. And so that's kind of the backstory of, of foundation. Cool. And the EFT side of foundation as it uh, started to evolve, was that just a, uh, I know it's been a, it's been in the industry for years as I understood it at least coming through, because I'm like a lot like you coming from the uh, the coin days all the way through ticketing and its evolution. Can't even tell you the stories I've seen when it comes to the, um, <laughs> when it comes to uh, Toledo coin scales and things like that, that I had to deal with. Uh, so I'm sure you did as well. But the, uh, the evolution went from coin to ticketing. Ticketing was always supposed to be a middle part. EFT is not a new idea. It was a, it was an old idea and ticketing was just like, kind of supposed to just sit there for a few years while EFT kind of got hot and then it died because um, I guess the adoption of ticketing was enough or the regulations didn't keep up. Uh, what do you think kind of kept this technology in, in, in the background for so, so many years? Well, I think there's a few things. Uh, regulation obviously being a, a key component of that in this industry um, if you want to uh, design products that, you know, interface directly with the slot machine, especially when you have the ability to uh, write commands, such as changing the credit meter, uh, you have to get that, you have to submit that, you know, to the highest standard of regulatory approvals. That means that your company and, and the key people inside your company have to be licensed, not only in one jurisdiction, but like in all of them. Um, and that's really difficult. So that keeps out a lot of, a lot of development, frankly, from, from our industry. Um, I think that also, uh, you know, Tito is, it's really easy to use. Like it's, it's a, it's a good product. I think people like it. Nobody really has any complaint about Tito. Uh, but really what's happening now is that the consumer tastes are changing to, to where, you know, now I go to Starbucks, I go to, 
um, Cafe Rio, <laughs> you know, any, any restaurant or store that I go to, I, I'm used to either paying on their app or with my Google or Apple wallet. And, um, you know, I think that now I thought I saw a statistic that said like, you know, 75 to 80% of all transactions in the economy are cashless transactions. And that means that, you know, in casinos, we're one of the few industries remaining that's, that's cash only. Right. And when we sit around and ask ourselves, geez, like, why are these players aging so fast? Like, why can't we get new and younger players? Well, honestly, a big part of the reason is because we don't embrace new technology like cashless or real-time data or personalized messaging or things like that, that younger people, frankly, are getting uh, on their iPhone or their Android phone or on Facebook or, you know, Amazon or different, different uh, applications and services like that. And so I think that when we move to cashless as, as a casino industry, we're going to start to uh, create a lot more newer and younger players. That's a, I, I was actually at um, the round table this year and one of the uh, things that came up, EFT came up and uh, I had just come back from uh, uh, Casino Hollywood in Columbus. And I'd done, uh, I'd looked at foundation out there and played with it and fell in love with, the, with uh, the fact that you have how simple the product was. I walked in, I could make a player's card and connect to a game, down, set up a wallet, everything else, and play. And I never saw one person in that whole transaction, which I thought was just amazing to me. Um, and then uh, even walked out of the casino with, with money uh, back in my account. And so the whole process was so cool that I uh, I had to talk about it at the roundtable when I brought it up. A lot of what I heard was it's a long ways out, and it's it, it, and I'm trying to get my head around and uh, why it, when it's kind of out there already and being used in a few places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. why people are still thinking it's a long ways out. It's, it's still on the horizon because it seems to me like it's around the corner. I think it is around the corner. I think it's here. Obviously I think it pan we're live on like 14 or 15 properties right now. Uh, that's over 20,000 slot machines. It's, it's working very, very well. Obviously you had a, a great experience with it and I think others are as well. Um, <clears throat> I think that when you hear people say, Oh, you know, we're not sure about cash yet, or it's going to take another few years. You know, frankly, if, if uh, a lot of it has to do with Nevada and Las Vegas in particular, because uh, Las Vegas is, is kind of recognized as the Mecca of gambling. And when people, uh, you know, in our industry, frankly, want to see a product, a lot of times they, where can I see it in Vegas? Cause everybody in gaming goes to Vegas at least, you know, once or twice a year. Um, or they want to see it in like California or somewhere that's like closer to them. But when we're in Ohio and Pennsylvania and, and places like that, that are, uh, you know, if you're not from that region, it's, it's more difficult to get out there. And then you've only seen kind of like maybe like the not as good cashless implementations. <laughs> and so your, your, uh, the reputation is, is a little bit damaged, but the good news with, with our, our pin installs, um, is that, uh, measured by number of jurisdictions, uh, PIN is like the market leader. I think they're in 20 states. And so that means that as part of this process of rolling out with PIN, we're getting approved in 20 states. And so that means that uh, once that whole process is done, uh, probably early in 23, 
will be approved to, to really go almost, almost anywhere. And we have some other installs that we're, you know, we're going to be announcing soon and, you know, places like California and New Mexico and Arizona and Oklahoma. And that's just going to bring it that much closer to where people are. And, um, you know, the reputation is going to change accordingly. That's fantastic. I think that the, uh, uh, the future is pretty bright right now for EFT, uh, obviously for acres as well. Um, not that it hasn't been cause it always kind of been for you guys. Uh, so that's, uh, great. Now, uh, I guess my final question for you is, is if you had to guess on the adoption, you know, rate and time, cause I know it's an evolution. How long do you think it's going to take for, uh, the world to kind of embrace, the the whole uh, EFT, not just you know. I know as an industry, we've been wanting to embrace it for years because of cash handling things like that yep. going down. Title thirty one, all this different stuff that kind of uh, melts into the background quite a bit. The um, but how long do you think it'll be for public embracing of something like this? Is it a generational thing or? I think that uh, you know, I think that you'll see widespread adaptation very quickly. I think that uh, within probably somewhere between three to five years, we're going to see over 90% of the market be at least cashless compatible. And that means that if I go to a slot machine at any given casino, 90% of those casinos are going to have the ability uh, to connect the mobile app to, to buy in or cash out from a slot machine or table game. And I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, from where we are today, that may seem like a long ways out, but I'll give you two, two, two counter arguments to that. So number one, who pays cash outside of a casino? Like even people that are naysayers about cashes and gaming, when do we use cash? Like not very frequently. <laughs> right? so, so obviously everybody's on cashless technology already. So we're already trained to do cashless. Now, the second is that uh, I think it was in 2019, the first NFL stadium went cashless was the Atlanta Falcons stadium. Uh, they were the only NFL team to have a cashless stadium. Uh, by kickoff last year, 29 of 30 teams have gone cashless in their stadium. So uh, it's going to be a very quick rollout. And I think that uh, the users are go they're going to find that the cashless experience is better, not only because the, the ease of access to money is improved, but uh, when you deliver it through a, a, a platform like Foundation, uh, we're going to uh, um, include things like you know, real-time messaging and bonusing and things like that into the cashless experience. And so if you're a cashless player, you're going to have more chances to win uh, than you are or to win more uh, when you play cashless than if you just played with regular cash. And then the casinos are going to give more because they're making more profit off these players. And it's going to be cheaper to market to them because you're, you're just going to send an in-app message. You're not going to send a piece of direct mail that costs, you know, five bucks to, to print and, and, and post and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I just think that the, the velocity is going to greatly increase in terms of, of adopting cashless in, in gaming. Well, I know that I uh, had a hard time not downloading more money <laughs> when I was uh, playing in Columbus. So it was a good time because uh, it's like, oh, I just want $50 more. But, <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, and I think that that's the number one misnomer is, is people are, are asking, well, what percentage of players are going to embrace cashless? Well, I mean, that's an important question, but the other question is what players are going to embrace cashless? And when you consider like people have a hard time accessing cash inside the casino that really hurts the high-end players and if you give them cashless as a tool that now instead of 
you know, they just lost their, their, their cash, you know, in, in their pockets. Now where they might have in the past, like gone to the ATM or gone to uh, a cash advance terminal and paid like a crazy percentage or crazy fee. Now they can just sit at the machine, reload uh, their cashless wallet and keep playing. And that's why if you look at the numbers that Penn has reported in their public earnings uh, announcements, they're saying that the, uh, the visitation has increased by 18% and the time on devices increased by 22% amongst the, the cashless players. And that's specifically because these high-end players are staying at the machine where they don't have to get up and, and go get more money. That's fantastic. Definitely, uh, definitely a boost for our industry. I think we're going to be looking at a, a very interesting next decade. That's for sure. Well, Noah, thank you very much for being on the uh, being on the Gaming Leisure podcast. We always appreciate uh, your time, and uh, thanks again. Thanks, Tom. Really enjoyed it.